Can you just be quiet for five seconds? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. Okay, mature. You're listening to the Prehensile and Gretel Show, and this is episode number one. You've got fur all over your microphone. <laughs> Have the cats been down here, really? No. Huh? I, I think it's from... Um, the air. The air. It could it could be dog hair. I don't think so. He doesn't shed. And Sophie didn't... Well, Sophie lost hair. She didn't really shed. Maybe it's from me. Yeah, could be. Could be from your shirts, your fleeces. Because the cats do like to cozy up to those. So it's cat hair, and it's migrated... I'm the carrier. You are. That's a good thing it's not a virus. Yeah. That yeah. Would, Cat hair is not a virus for all of you who are listening. Anyone who might have allergies may, you know, take umbrage with that statement, but... Well, cat hair is a virus in a sense, I suppose. Yeah, define virus. Um, something that gets on everything. And spreads. Yeah. Well, I guess cat hair is a virus then because it can make you gag. It's everywhere and it spreads and it infects people. So there you go. And if you inhale it and it gets stuck on your tonsil or your uvula, oh. it tickles and then you gag. The uvula is a most sensitive place. It does make me cough and gag and get watery in the eyes when I get a cat hair on the uvula. It's um, it's a known medical condition. There's actually an ICD-10 code for that. What is it? Five. <laughs> <laughs> There's cancer. <laughs> There's... There's lupus. There's, uh, let's see what else. There's a, a sinus infection. There's, <laughs> there's broken bones and there's cat hair on the uvula. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's an ICD-10 code for each and every one of those. And the cat hair on the uvula is five. Yes. Hence the fifth place. We should look that up sometime. Yes. Um, there are some pretty good codes that they've made fun of and people have done. There's a cartoon book out there of um, animated depictions of what it must look like to have some of these things. You know, like steel rod through skull uh. as, you know, inserted by Buffalo. Barbie heads up the butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's code number um, 72. Okay. 72B for Barbie. Barbie. And if it's Midge Heads, is it different? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's Skipper Heads, if it's... See, I don't know the common, you know, Barbie vernacular because I've been out of Barbies for a long time, but I'm I'm sure that there's 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 various and sundry different... Oh, and I bet there's like... Those new dolls, those Bratz dolls, of course they're not new, but to me they're newer than Barbies. Right. So, um, yeah. I wonder about Ken heads. Ken heads. 
Did you say skipper? G- yes, okay. and GI Joe heads with with and without the furry, uh, the flocked hair. Flocked hair is, you know, like did he have flocked hair? One, some of them did. The sixties and seventies had flocked hair, so mm, it feels good. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I I guess I have to just trust you. Yeah. That 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 feels really good. Yeah. You know, my neighbor, when I was a teenager, he used to go out and do uh, like a kung fu slash dance routine to kung fu fighting in his backyard pretty much every day. And I was in love with every him. Day. Yeah. And I was in love. John. Well, I, I John. That would be an attraction. Yeah. John. You want to use real names? Uh, no. Okay. John Flanagan. Uh, I used to go and do. Uh, Kung, I, I don't want to, sh- although I imagine that there's more than one John in, you know, Chicago or Boston or, you know, Or San Ireland. Francisco or wherever we are. Ireland. Where are we anyway? Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he used to do uh, a whole routine to kung fu fighting and I was I was in love with him. And then once he um, had, once he had, you know, kind of come to puberty and his parents were like okay we're done with you so go live in the basement he like made his own like apartment and you know bedroom down there and he invited me down and he actually like drank a beer when we were down there and I was like I don't like you anymore (laughs) and I was done because he drank a beer because he drank a beer and he just seemed sleazy and it took a beer it took a beer and him like being down there going, "Hey, hey baby." Um, it, the kung it, fu fighting. Yeah, thing was that didn't okay. that didn't clue me in. That didn't clue me in at all. No, and actually, John Flanagan, um, he broke both of his wrists one summer and um, from climbing a porch trying to do some mischief, and um, he fell off the porch and broke both of his wrists, and so we just. You know, his sisters and I, because he lived next door, and I was friends with his sisters, and uh, we endlessly tormented him by, like, untying his shoes and, like, holding a sandwich, like, just far enough away where he couldn't get it. We were we were merciless. Did he break his wrists doing kung fu? No, it, he fell off a porch from climbing a porch. He was climbing up to a second floor porch, I guess, and mischief. Not kung fu. Not kung fu. Kung fu is serious business. Yes. Porch climbing is mischief. Talk to any kung fu master and they will tell you that kung fu is freaking serious business, dude. Climbing a porch, on the other hand, to do mischief is just purely fodder for, for broken wrists. Who was the guy in Jane's Addiction? Perry Farrell. Okay. I saw him climb all over... At um, oh, Lollapalooza. No, it's the Aragon. The Aragon Ballroom. He was climbing up the the lighting the scaffolding. lighting scaffolding, the stage. There's parapets and all kinds of stuff in there, and he was climbing up that. I I hate, it was nuts. I hate to tell you this, but Perry Farrell is merely a derivative of the god who is Iggy Pop who started it with the climbing 
And uh, yes, I saw him climb at uh, Aragon and at uh, Park West and basically anywhere Iggy's ever been. He has climbed to the ceiling and then like thrown himself into broken glass. So Perry Farrell, fuck you. You're nothing. But he never broke his wrists. No, he never broke both wrists at once. Maybe it has to do, you know, I don't know, with amount of drugs you're on. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? You know, I I mean, maybe he was just more flexible. It could be, because Iggy was, you know, pretty flexible and stuff. Because, you know, he'd had years of practice smearing himself with peanut butter and rolling a broken glass and dodging arguably rougher crowds than we were on uh, the Flanagan's porch. Yeah, I'm sure, like, um, if somebody was dangling a sandwich in front of Iggy Pop, that probably wouldn't deter him. No, no, he'd. I can imagine he'd lunge for said sandwich and perhaps take out your eye at the same time. Although, you know, I mean, <laughs> rumor has it that he is a member of my family. And uh, the Osterbergs are, you know, we're related to the Osterbergs. And, uh, and you know, we were at, I guess, picnics when I was a kid. And uh, and he was a youngster. And according to my grandma, he was a bookish kid. But, you know, I don't know if that's true. You've got to be somewhat intelligent to be artistic. Yes, I, I agree. think those two things go along. It just comes out in different ways, and he's very musical. Yes, he's very musical. And, you know, I mean, the stuff he writes, even though it's it's pretty, you know, bass and um, broad strokes, it, it I mean, it, initially with, uh, you know, with uh, the Stooges, um, it, it still attacked things in a very artistic way rather than just, you know, banging on a you know a brick on a wall or something it was they they really they could play like crazy and uh and they were very into the anti-establishment and they were it, it was clever it was very clever and uh I still think they're they're clever and they're funny. To, they're they're great to listen to. It's it's all done with a real sense of humor and and sense of outrage, which I think was kind of interesting. It's a cool combination when you can be outraged and funny at the same time. Yeah, and also kick some ass playing yeah. music. So it's kind of great. Well, um, do you want to reach into the universal box of um, ideas? Sure. Today? The Flor de Gonzalez. Yes. Um, do you want to do Should we the... see what's in there? Why don't you pick the first one? Hold on. It's shaking. <laughs> That's pure cedar that you're hearing. Pure. With a, with a, with a bunch of little wadded up papers. No, I don't want that one. I want something deeper down. What's the, this then? That was it closing. What'd you get? Geology of the cranium. <laughs> geology of the cranium. And I don't even know what that really means. I mean, I know what geology means, and I know what cranium means, but I don't know what geology of the cranium means. Well, let's see if we can figure it out. 
your your skull must have some kind of structure, right? Yes. Um, and there's probably plate tectonics going on to some degree. Yes, because you do have the fontanelle. Right. So, right, you've already totally captured geology of the cranium. Well, that's not the only geology of the cranium. I mean, the, tell me more. The cranium is atop the rest of you, so the the cranium is on top of the other bones, which you know comprise your skeletal structure, which gets you gets your cranium up off of the ground. Cause, and that's Other, the whole purpose otherwise. of the other bones is to keep your head from dragging on the ground. Well, that's an interesting theory. Well, because otherwise, I mean, if you didn't have your other bones, your head would be resting on, you know, the pavement. And that wouldn't, you couldn't get so too far I've always that wondered way. what my spine was all about. And it's merely to keep your head off the ground, man. Well, I've always what, thought, are you crazy? I've always thought of the... The the head, the skull, as kind of the neck tip. Yeah. You know, it's the rounded, hard tip of the neck. It protects all that soft stuff inside. So if you're talking about the geology of the cranium, you're talking about um, the mantle and the core, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got different parts of your brain right. that go in there. Right. Um, and I don't know all the words for that other than cortex and... Cerebellum and... Right. And it's yeah. all... It's all magma. <laughs> See, I tend to think of ideas as being more like magma than um, than than the actual geology of my cranium being magma. I tend to think of the geology of my cranium being the actual structure of the volcano. And then the the ideas as being the magma, but I suppose you're right. I suppose it could be the um, the gray matter that is the magma. It's gelatinous. Yeah, it gets hot, and if you're our dog, it really does get warm. When he's thinking really hard, his head gets hot. <laughs> I I know. And, it and keeps me warm. I he, just I just give him a really hard mathematical problem <laughs> when I want to warm up, and then the more he thinks about it, the warmer his head gets, and yeah. then I can um, feel more comfortable in the winter. And the dog's mathematical problems consist of giving him a choice between a duck and an arm and. Uh, well, by you, by arm, you mean a toy that... Looks exactly like his own arm. Right. And not a human arm or a baby arm or no, something. No, no. Not a chicken arm or no. anything. It's merely a that which we call an arm because it happens to resemble so closely his own arm. He'd be a pretty eager cannibal, though. Yeah, he would be. The way he goes at that toy. Yes, yes. But you're right. I think if you gave him the choice between his toys... And said, you can pick one. That would be a mathematical problem for and, him. And his head would burn up. Right. But we'd yeah. be warm. Yeah, we would be. And well, then sometimes if you just ask him to move or something, then he gets all out of joint and then one part of him will heat up. Have you noticed that? Like if he's laying on the couch and you go, no, you have to get down. And then you try and move him. You know, you touch various parts of him to try and shove him off the couch. <laughs> 
and like one part of him will get burning hot it's like how do you do that it's like you make yourself hot to he does it to keep you away yeah to defer predators so he he warms himself up it's it's a very interesting you're a predator I'm a no, predator. You're, you're a predator. You're not his mom. I'm a predator if I'm trying to get him off the couch. Hmm, okay. Because, you know, wasn't you're... your mom a predator if she was trying to get you off the couch? Yes. No, 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 yes. no, no, no. My mom was never a predator. She was always a decent, loving authority figure. <laughs> like a nun. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> Please. No, no, I think we need to talk about this now. You We're think almost your, out of time. You think of your mother like a nun? No. Are you sure? Yes. Well, there's certain characteristics she shares with nuns that I've known. What? Um, oh, we're almost out of time. Uh, there's a certain degree of um, certainty. And an inability to uh, empathize. And accept other ideas. Mm-hmm. And her head gets really hot when you give her a problem <laughs> to work out. <laughs> Although I will say that I have known some nuns who are very, very open to new ideas. And I've known some sure. nuns that have, um, they, they... Well, the ones I knew... When I was growing up, my chair squeaked. Where so. are you? <laughs> We're in the same room, and I don't even hear that. Um, yeah, I, the nuns I've known have been considerably more um, open to things. Mm, I knew the ones that were very slap-happy. Yeah. Well, is slap-happy and open to things different, really? No, they just like to slap you. Oh, it made them happy. I see. When they slapped you. Actual physically slap yeah, happy. It was a physical thing. I mm -hmm. I'm talking about actually actual glee and like trying to set people free and, you know, yeah, no. doing things that, you know, help the world and the country and trying to work for human rights, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the nuns I've known. Mm, I never met them. Okay. I met the ones that like to slap you. With a ruler? With rulers, um, I was kicked, I was slapped, hit you, with books. You had your desk turned over, too, didn't you? Yep. But yep. that's a story my mom can tell. Yeah. We'll get her on here. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. And she'll tell that story. <laughs> she won't say, nothing ever happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. No, she doesn't remember any of that anymore. Just don't be so silly. It's it. No. It's nothing like that. That's all water under the bridge. It's water under the bridge. Just forget about oh, it. Oh, forget it. Quit oh. dredging up the past. Ah, pish tush. All right. We seriously are out of time. Okay. We have to go. Goodbye. I will talk to you another day. Okie dokie. Probably soon. Okay. I always enjoy talking to you. I enjoy talking to you, too. And I love you. I'm getting all warm. On your head? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking too hard? I am. Now I'm getting my butt warm. Stop. <laughs> I'll talk to you again. Bye. You've been listening to The Prehensile and Gretel Show. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll do it again. And in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. 
Our email address is comments at prehensilandgretel.com.